0: Cooper aka The Social Bro- Broker aka Mr. Black Family Man and I have today's guest uh brother from another mother I haven't seen his brother in a long time I just recently reconnected with him and just hearing his journey since we we last linked up was inspiring so I said yo I gotta get you on this podcast Mr. McElton Petion did I say that right brother
1: you you slightly butchered it, but you put your heart was in the right place. <laughs> okay,
0: pronounce it for for the guests.
1: MacIntyre, what's up, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up? How what's are you, brother?
0: Man, it's been good. Man, it's been yo. First of all, you look you look amazing. You you look like a happy married man.
1: Uh, very happy. You know what I'm saying? Very happy. <laughs> a but,
0: little too happy. A little too happy. Before we start conversation, I'm gonna get let people know a, a little bit about. Who you know, who you are, what you've been up to. Well, you know, read the short bio of yours, which is which is dope. Mackleton is a proud Haitian man, he's a husband to a beautiful black queen and a father of two amazing young girls. Girls, dad, brother,
1: all day.
0: He's an entrepreneur at numerous businesses across the hospitality and technology industry, including most notably Room 24K, a members only dining club. For, black, for the black community and build it website that helps entrepreneurs in the different stages of their journey, create, manage, and fund businesses. He is passionate about self-development health technology. He is not with his, if, when he's not with his family or working on his business, you can find him contributing his time to youth organizations or tinkering around with his drones what up bro sorry i butchered that a little bit
1: yeah no problem no problem
0: yeah i just want people to know a little bit of who you are and why you are on this um podcast right now i think you know I, i haven't seen you or spoken to you when did you get married
1: uh five years this past july
0: before then, bro, because yeah, you, I know it's before know.
1: then. I think it's been like seven years since we linked up, bro.
2: right? Yeah, I, I
1: had, had left Brooklyn and I had moved in with my wife in our house in Queens.
2: Mm. And
1: then fiance for two years before that,
0: right? So, and you know we used to live in the same neighborhood, yeah. so you know
1: when we go into the train, you know, meet up at the train station. <laughs> this
0: is you know you were my photographer for all yeah. my events, so you're yeah. like where we going? You know yeah. we on you know, train station and, and touch bases, man. So and yeah, back the then evolution. you were single on your grind, yeah. you know back then, and now you're a settled, um, successful entrepreneur. And I want people to learn about you, know about your journey. So take me through your journey, brother, in terms of where you from, where you grew up, where you went to school, what you majored in. And this lead us to how you got to where you are now.
1: Well, we all know everything's not linear. So I'm going to take you through this journey, you know, buckle up, enjoy the ride. So first and foremost, uh, I'm a young Haitian man. I'm not from this country, so I can only be vice president. So (laughs) Um, I came here early on and I started school here in first grade. Uh, I originally came from Haiti, bounced around from upstate New York. Then I went to Brooklyn. Then I ended up in Queens. Then ended up in Augusta, Georgia. Then ended up in Long Island. Wow. So I settled in Long Island as a kid. And uh, Almond, the little Haiti of Long Island.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I didn't know that was a little
2: Haiti.
1: Oh, yeah, it was a little Haiti of Long Island. It's like once the first three or four Haitians planted their flag. The word got out, the, boom, boom, and the, <laughs> the, the drones of Brooklyners and the Queens folks is coming into that part of Long Island. Okay. So it was great because it was a melting pot area with like all sorts of emerging, uh, you know, mixed class people of Indians, Asian descent, uh, Blacks, Latinos, all trying to get that first wave of, you know, homeownership, mm. uh, first generation, everything. So was, those parents are just figuring it out. Mm. So from that, uh, you know, I saw an amazing example of my mom and my dad just really grinding hard day in, day out. And being the old school family that it was, like anything I wanted outside of like the core necessities, they said I had to get it myself. I was like, at some point in time, I started to take offense to it. And then the other time I took it as a challenge. And once I took it as a challenge is where my entrepreneurial journey started. So, you know, uh, as a kid, 13 years old, my first uh, venture began doing what we do best uh shoveling snow oh okay so i so i so i shoveled snow one one week with my friend and went up doing a bad blizzard we made a decision we're gonna make enough money to buy i'm not gonna put a date to it but we to buy beepers oh, <laughs> so, wow. so, yeah, we you- up, so we stacked up our money did our thing and we, we we were able to buy our beepers then my mom asked me like when she finally saw my beepers she's like only two types of people have beepers <laughs> drug and doctors which one are you I'm like, <laughs> I shovel snow. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: she was relieved you weren't in these streets.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it was funny. And that, that once that bug kicked in of actually making, doing for myself and seeing, getting the results from that point on, I was just committed. You know, All the typical right. stories of selling candy in the school, upselling stuff from Costco's, and just learning oh, how wow, to really? talk to people like, oh, oh the, the typical. And then a friend of mine was doing, was a flyer boy at a taxi company and then he asked me hey you want to be a flyer boy going door to door just giving out flyers in all these neighborhoods and uh this is like 14 i'm like okay let's go so every weekend i'm just wow. in all these random neighborhoods giving out flyers and you know experience after experience starting to put the piece together of, like all these things make money then i don't, then i started doing telemarketing at wow. 15, and 15 and a half and that one was got chasing
0: me our crazy. dollar baby
1: Oh, bro, from that point on, once I got that itch, you know, I, I had to keep scratching it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I got my limo for my prom and I got like the bougie Lex truck stretch. So I'm just wow. like off telemarketing and just gift the gab on the phone. And But that was an amazing experience for me because I learned how to handle no. I learned rejection. Mm. Early. Mm. At 15, I learned how to deal with hundreds of people telling you no every day. But mm. then at the end of the day, I weeded through that all that and got my sales mm. every day. Wow, became one of the top salesmen. So I was okay. like, yeah. but then that was the framework for the rest of my life because I've already built the foundation of know around me and I know what, what, what yes looks like. I know there's always a yes waiting for me. Wow. So, so the rest of my journey has always been that way. And I, you know, I have my racist moments, you know, like I went to a, a predominantly white high school and I did very, very well in school and then when I went to apply to school, I wanted to go to NYU or I wanted to go to uh, U, uh, uh, Penn, uh, Penn State. Was that UPenn or Penn State? The other where Wharton is. I went to go to a business school. I so it was, between, it was between Stern and Wharton for me. And oh, I'm yeah. like, I didn't want to leave, go out of state yet. Cause I still was, you know, a bit of a mama's boy. I want to be around my family. So I'm like, I'm going to apply to NYU and NYU only. And then this racist freaking guidance counselor told me I should apply to a couple of community colleges too. Really? I just, but I, I was one of the top 10 people in my school. What are you talking about? So I wow. So as soon as I got in, because I got in plus scholarship, you know, I oh, showed it nice. to her. I showed it to her and just like I said, thanks. Because yeah. once again, I had already built myself through nose already anyway. So there's nothing you could tell me. I know I'm not. I know I'm smart enough. I know I'm capable. You don't have to tell. You're not here to validate me. Right. I'm, I'm not making I'm not a guy with a 72, 72 average talk about it. I want to become president. I'm like, I got a ninety certain degree and ninety something average. I, I think I could do it. So, so you put
0: all your eggs in one basket and NYU.
1: Even and my you. mom wanted me to back wanted me to do a backup at St. John's, but I'm like, nah, NYU. And I got wow. it. Wow. Okay. So, I, what did I, you I, major in NYU? In NYU, I majored in information systems and marketing. Okay. Okay. And with a minor in economics. Okay. So, so
0: how was that experience, you know, going to school in the city?
1: Clearly, you're a hustler. Wow. So, you had you a. Gotta... Oh, my God. I was just, first of all, like being in an Asian neighborhood and being a very tall black guy, I used to hunch to lean in because I wanted to blend in. You know, when you're young, you start trying to. Mm. The whole idea is to blend in. i
0: totally. tell
1: you? Uh, right now, I'm 6'2. Okay. So, so but by the, back then, I might have been 5'10, but all my peers were like 5'5, five, 5'6. Five, five, so, okay. I just wanted to be lower. And then as soon as I came into the city, it was like a butterfly. I just started standing up upright, mm. like everyone's, you know, like the energy was different. And I, I felt I was officially home because I was around a bunch of hustlers. I was around amazingly intelligent people. Right. I, uh, everything about it was just like everybody was on it here, like the speed and the pace. And I'm right. like, okay, finally. Home. This is the, I guess this is my second home because my original home is always going to be, you know, Elma where I'm from. But the NYU city experience is my second home. And of course, like my true passion home which is still the home to almost all my businesses in Brooklyn, but I'm mm-hmm. speeding ahead. So phase two of NYU, I went to a business school, so I already put you in that business mindset and it was collaborative, which is what I always thought. Because before in school, they kept telling you, you know, keep your head down, focus on your paper. And as soon as I went to Stern, everything was like a group project and you got to work together for you to achieve a goal, which is the way the real world really works. So right. I, really, I really took to that experience real well. And, uh, then I got the bug again and I started a t-shirt company while I was, (laughs) while I was doing that. Wow. What's
0: the name of your t-shirt company?
1: Uh, what was that? It's funny enough, a good friend of mine who's the creative director for, uh, black enterprise now. He was our designer. Todd, see you brother. Uh, Nice. uh, And I can't remember the name of our star something. It was, it was star something
0: or how long did you have that company?
1: Uh, probably for like a, six months, three to six months. But, you know, a lot of things were in alignment. First of all, we didn't have the same vision. You, you were just, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, partners.
1: Yeah, it was a bunch of people. And then that's when I left that. And I start, I became the vice president of uh, my Haitian club, uh, PASA, which is like the oldest, uh, one of the oldest clubs at NYU. Mm-hmm. And now I had access to budgets. First oh, really? Time before I had access to budgets. Okay. And, like, real numbers, not the numbers I was used to seeing. Those schools, considering how long your, uh, your 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 club has been around, the budget gets bigger every year. And uh, Hasa was a old, was a very old club, so we talk about like hundred something thousand dollar budgets now. Oh wow! On so that, now you're allowed to you, you have some wheeling and dealing. So that's how you pick out who's going to come to you. Like when we had Wyclef and the Fuji's come out, like that's, it came from those kind of budgets. Oh, nice! And, and now I was like, I could hire my friends, so I became a manager on the side out the gate. I was like, nice. okay, well, I'm going to hire my friends and pay them through the, uh, through the school budget to do DJing and start throwing events and really building uh, the black community out there. Because mm-hmm. there was being anyone who's from PWC knows, you know, you're sprinkles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah you're the a party very scene. small minority.
1: Yeah. So it's that one time that you could all come together is in the party scene. So we created our own little scene around that, you know, always based on like giving back to charity as well and you know community initiatives. But I brought all the black people and minorities together, and that kind of started really cementing who, what I how I felt about people and knowing that I was a people person mm. and I was good with numbers. I was like, I was starting to figure it out, like get get a, get a better sense of myself. And literally, like when I was just about to graduate, that was where I had a job opportunity come to me in the middle of my internship. And they offered me—I don't know—at that time maybe like eighty or ninety thousand for me to drop out, and I was only like a year off from finishing school. Really? Yeah. And they pay like,
0: you to finish college?
1: No, I was a, it was they wanted me to do database administration, and they loved me from the internship. And they're like, "Could you could you start this fall?" And I had the conversation with my mom, and I was just like, "You sent me to school to make the kind of numbers that they're offering me right now." So what should I do? And she's like, "You're an adult. You make your decision." And of course, I chased the bag. So I went oh, went. really? Hey, I, so I took it. You dropped out. I, like, it, yeah, so, I, so, so I dropped. No, so, so I no, so I took a leave. And, oh, Okay. You know, I hedged my bets, and I'm like, okay, let me give it a shot. Gave it a shot, and you know, because it was around that dot com era, it busted. It was a digital company. It was like mm. it was. They were opening up their digital division of a book company. And okay. they didn't know what they were really doing. So it busted. So I ended up back at school. But one, now I had that under my wings in terms That's
0: of- That's dope experience though. Yeah,
1: I learned. First of all, it validated everything you felt about yourself. That first job that says, mm-hmm. I believe in you. You know, like- what, kind
0: of, what did they have you do exactly? Yeah, I was
1: doing database administration. So they had all their books, you know, they're, it's, a, it's a publishing company. So we had to transfer all their books into digital. Okay. They database, kind of like they, they were their version of Amazon, but they owned all their stuff. Yeah, oh. all their authors already and all that. They just were trying to switch from like traditional publishing
2: to right.
1: online.
0: They were a little yeah. bit ahead of two, two. Uh, yeah, they were the a time. little
1: too ahead of the curve. They were mm-hmm. just because even Amazon wasn't fully Amazon yet, you know. Like, right. It was, a, but they saw it was happening. They just couldn't put the pieces c- together correctly.
0: Right. So, how how, yeah. how how big was the company?
1: It's big. They're still around. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's Penguin Publishing. They're huge. They're okay. Big. Okay. It was just their subdivision. There, oh, I get it. it. Just wasn't ready yet. That they were trying to. Right. which probably by now is probably gone it's
0: yeah yeah
1: everyone figured it out by now so after that uh
0: so you yeah. ended up back in school
1: yeah i went into the back of school finished it up and you know i had a good time i was like okay now i was like torn i always wanted to be an entrepreneur that was a given so i was like but i also knew that it took it took startup capital so i was mm. like okay let me go be a lawyer i'm, I'm gonna be a lawyer Go, go, to, go to law school, do all that, get my, you know, get a couple hundred thousand dollars under my belt and then I'm jumping right out. That was my that was my formula. Uh. Get a couple hundred thousand saved and jump right out. But uh, life being what it is, you know, I took the uh, I was at the LSAT, did well on that. But during that time, I needed money. I graduated. So I took a job as a paralegal at a at a pretty prestigious firm. And. Talking to a lot of the partners and the black associates and everybody, like your mind, your mind isn't isn't law. Your mind, <laughs> right. Your yeah, you're a
0: creative brother.
1: Yeah, you're creative. This is gonna dim your light. Da 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 da. I was getting paid a lot at that place, bro. Like, you know, right. the hours, billable hours and all this stuff. I was getting paid a lot. And I'm hearing these people tell me, don't do it, who are all suit and tie,
0: money. suit and tie type. Yeah,
1: boot it up, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like so I was like I can't, I
0: can't man, I can't see you in a suit and tie, bro. I couldn't like, see
1: myself and at some point I couldn't see myself either. Okay. And literally, I think while I was there, like I had five years to be vested to, you know, have my, you know, my, my my nest egg, my first Uh pension money start. So I'm like, I had to stay there five years was three years in. And my, my dad got ill, like three and a half years. in. Wow. And then out of nowhere, he went from never being sick ever in his life to being sick to on his deathbed in in a matter of months. Wow! So whole world just spun on me. Wow! And that's when that's when everything changed. Because then I just looked around, being in that cubicle. After he had passed away, I'm like, I can't see myself passing away and being in this cubicle and not seeing the world. And not so anymore.
0: you didn't make five years.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I made the five years. When well, okay. that went on, the tie was a little askew. The shirt might have had some stains. I just pushed through because my mind uh-huh. was no longer in that. And literally, simultaneously at that same time, you know, the Lord, the God, you know, the energies being what it is. A good friend of mine reached out to me and he's like, You always like photography, right? I just bought all this equipment. Do you want to be my photographer for my company? And I was like, Yes. Of course I'd love you to. You did
0: be- not. Did you take up photography before?
1: No, never. Not not, not <laughs> one time.
2: But oh, really?
1: say, say yes has always been my thing. So oh. now I am a full-time paralegal and I'm also uh the lead photographer for a brand for a burgeoning photography company. Okay. And but at that point, I had my whole NYU network of friends from before who were all working in different corporate spheres, plus I'm working in corporate places, so I'm getting automatically I'm in lead mode. I'm a salesman. So mm. I'm, I'm talking to my HR, I'm talking to events people, and they're booking my company for us to start doing all the you know, the company functions, and I'm getting booked at all the like J.P. Morgans, uh, all the all, So
0: did you learn lighting and everything. F-stops
1: all yeah, that you know, manual? everything i went back to uh, was, this is crazy bro this is so crazy because uh, during this process i just got right into it i'm, I'm a nerd first and a creative mm-hmm. second so as soon as they told me like oh, they wanted to run the business i knew i didn't know enough about photography you know the what what, what did they call that uh imposter syndrome i feel oh, like imposter I, syndrome. I didn't feel like i was true to myself trying to be a photographer without any knowledge so i started taking courses at fit and that's where I learned everything about, like, you know, traditional photography, lighting, f-stops, cameras, all that stuff. I was learned that on the side while actually doing real, to- real getting paid.
0: Wow. Time. Did you use it automatic during that time until you figured it out?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> I, w- I went in. I committed. I committed. Oh, but you the, did it was, all manual? Even it for digital. events? It was digital. I just had to shoot a lot. I had a lot of memory sticks. a uh-huh. lot of pictures. I took also, a so out of,
0: like, all those shots, they got to be at least 10 hours. Yeah, something's going to hit.
1: Something's okay. going to hit. And I just kept learning from it. And after that, that was pretty, my friends were over it real quick. My business partners were over the business very, very quick. And I just bought all the equipment from them and I wrote them off the business. So I'm like, okay, guys, I'll just pick it up and keep going with it from that. Oh, point. okay. And Are you literally, illegal then? No, nah, at that point, I had made my five years. May, as of May, I was gone. I was like- And you were a full-time
0: photographer. A,
1: officially a full-time photographer. And then I started doing all sorts of randomness, you know, like headshots, anything I could bring in the money and uh, around that same time i think that was like the 2008 crash happened mm-hmm. so that's the you know like party and event budgets were the first thing that companies cut mm. So my main source of income for the business which has always been corporate you know corporate events holiday parties things of that nature which is which is gone and i had to pivot so then i started pivoting into wedding photography and other and event photography and other things and literally around that time is when i moved to brooklyn and my my my, my true life really began okay and, what led you to Brooklyn? Mm, what, uh love, I guess, or dating? Yeah, I was dating uh, a young lady. Okay, and she had an apartment in Brooklyn, and she's like, "Do you want to move in?" And I was just like, "Why not?" Like, I Brooklyn's the spot because I had gone to Brooklyn a lot with my friend before during NYU, and he his brother had like the brownstone, and he, he sold me the Cosby nice, Three. Nice. What like, part of
0: Brooklyn you moved to?
1: Uh Sunset. Oh, oh, that—that's deep oh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was behind God's back, but I could see the train. <laughs> I could never miss the train. I never miss the train because I could nice. see the train when it was coming. The D train was my boy. So I was like, so as soon as I got there, that's when I met my whole community. That's when I found my tribe. Okay. You know, I've never been around that many ambitious, driven, intelligent, creative people in one oh,
0: space. What year was this? What year was this?
1: Oh. It's hard to put a year to 10? Yeah. 20, 20,
0: 20,
1: 20, yeah, I think oh nine, ten. Yeah, I go around then because okay. the list of people that I was meeting that are pretty much huge figures in their in their respective worlds now is insane. And I was a photographer for everything for all, all these people. I know you so, were you were the, the go to, bro. Yeah, I became the go to amongst and your them.
0: energy. You was like you know you know how John and Munez now is. Yeah. That was you. That,
1: that was, was me. It's funny enough. Johnny was my was like my quasi mentor. He wasn't mm. a direct one to one. We have a good relationship, a good working relationship. But I just looked at him and I'm like, if he could, do, I want to do what he's doing in the entertainment space. But I want to do that in the black professional space. Mm. That's, how, that's how I look got at it. Because at that time we weren't being documented. R- you know, like, people don't see what was going on. Like we're, R- we're still
0: being, not being documented, to be honest. Yeah,
1: people don't see how hard we're going out here. So mm-hmm. I'm like, somebody needs to be documenting all these amazing galas that are being put together, like from scratch, from people mm-hmm. like yourself. You know the Demetria Lucases, the Shannon Washington, like the list of people who are, who are going hard. And
0: Man, like, listen, Thanks. we gotta make. I, my goal is to make a show about that era because I was, we believable. were around that when they were like young believable. and green, and you believable. know, and 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 all a bunch of people we know took off and like, right. you know. Are, are, are killing it right now
1: part of the reason uh, everyone always kept telling me why don't you post more pictures why don't you post more pictures what always drew me to pictures is the capturing a moment and telling that story 10 20 years later mm. so for every picture that you might have seen me share and blast out to you guys like the good ones are in my vault right now Bruh, and i know you got a lot
0: of dope pictures bro
1: Matter now fact, I'm start putting out. yeah now i'm seeing like everyone that you think is like Oh, you knew her since? Yeah, I've been. I mm-hmm. had her fifteen years ago. I shot yeah. him fifteen years ago. Like these people who are hungry, who are the leaders of industries right now, captains. Like I got them when they were on their grind, and really. And you, yeah. you know, like 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 attracts like.
0: So, mm-hmm. they, yep, yep. I mean, I fell into that community because I was on the on my grind. I was a creative. I I had a vision for us as young black professionals. Um, Thank and I want to,
1: those events by the way, you oh man, I oh,
0: it took everything out of me, but but it was and, and, to be honest with you, they weren't really money makers, they're, they're oh, I, was, I mean, money makers, but I mean, I still had a full time job, yeah, so it's yeah. not something you know relative. that I, yeah I, you know, relative. Uh, and plus, you know, what I'm saying, you know, it took so much to produce those things, so mm-hmm. money went right back in. Mm-hmm. you know into it so but it, but i loved it because I, I was I, a community that 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 was being built and and connecting with each other you know what i'm saying i mean i mean i lean on that right now you know what i'm saying to this day I, to this day i lean on it I, I mean just to see people on tv see people on the social media killing it hear about you um in terms of what you're doing i'm like yo that's this is that's that's my tribe so let's go back to photography so you were like the go-to photographer for black professional events yeah and up-and-coming uh you know influencers they didn't, they yeah, didn't call them yeah. influencers
1: but even then. E- that, that word even <laughs> exists yet. Right. yeah right all, all that whole set the, the popular bloggers of the time that became influencers now Right. You know, like that was, I was documenting all those people and, you know, I documenting their events. And then literally around that time, I kept noticing every time I did events, people would ask me for either a flyer. So they wanted, they wanted me to refer them to somebody who could do graphics, or they'd ask me for somebody to help them with websites for, for them to do something with those images. Mm. And, I, and once again, the businessman in me is like, I keep sending all these referrals out, referrals out. That's, a, that's an additional stream of income that could be in the business. So I just started brought it in-house. And I got a graphic designer, and then I, I already I already have a web design background. So I'm like, I'll just do it myself until I hire somebody else. So wow. now, so now we're doing photography, web design, and graphic design in the company.
0: Dude, how did you get the hours in a day to do all that, bro? I mean, grind.
1: You grind. know,
0: because photography attending these events is, is 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 a good
1: time. A good friend of mine, DJ CEO, says the same thing. He's like, you're out all night, and yet you have images ready 9 a.m. and you're on the second shift. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a Caribbean. Yeah. B- <laughs> so we like you know how you have four different jobs. I had four different jobs in my company. That's how nice, because like, nice. you know, I'm like, That's- if there's an opportunity for me to cap- capitalize on it, I'm going to capitalize on it. And I think people put you in a space for a reason. Like, hmm. If you get to shoot Tribeca films, you you're going to figure out how to make how to make the most of that. If you get to shoot, you know, like the you know the Makers event, you're going to hmm. figure out the way to make to make the most of that. Like, you, like Ty Tybo Sean was at that event like the people who are in these rooms that I, I know, make, I'm, going you know what? It, I'm going that's to figure a, it out
0: that's, that's the, the one thing is. I'm a little bit disappointed I never got to kind of grow that event into I what I concept. In, when you envisioned. first pulled
1: it out I loved that idea that was, I mean, it <laughs> was
0: so the first couple of ones are so dope Um, and I was like and I stopped it because I was like I didn't want to water it down I didn't mm. want to you know the community that was built. I didn't want to disrespect that community by okay. just
1: yeah a ones
0: yeah a one. So you know I heard, I heard a little bit of complaints because you know once you know once you get an invite, that was a invite only.
1: Yeah, it was invite only. It was invite. And once only. you
0: get that invite, you know people in that invite they started like using it as leverage.
1: Like, of oh, I'm a maker. I'm a maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that became the thing to say. I know. So,
0: I was like, you know what? I don't want to water it down, so I'll, I'm not even going to. You know,
1: and I, I love the premise of that idea because it was all based off of the uh, Barack Obama speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was you like, you, "You had me at hello." Like, what's yeah, man. Idea? I was like, "This is Michelle,
0: great." Michelle, Michelle is the one that sparked the idea. Oh, um, for real? Uh, I did not M- know that. Michelle, Michelle was always, you know, I think it was at CEO, not CEO event. CEO yeah. and um, 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 what's his name? What was his business partner with that 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 after work event? And he, she always talked about brunch.
1: Oh, man,
0: Mancini. Mancini. I don't yeah, know if you yeah, go yeah. by Mancini anymore, but. Uh... No, he doesn't.
1: He, his <laughs> name is uh, Phoenix.
0: Oh, really? Uh, Mancini Michael. got many lives, bro. Yeah,
1: oh, he lives. I thought I had lives. Uh, Michael has. That's one of my very good friends now, too, man. That guy, oh, boy. yeah. He's still you know he's, what, he, he,
0: what, he, from... he in Queens now?
1: No, nah, he's in Georgia now. He's in Georgia. Oh, really? He Like, loves, all, he... like, all, like all true creatives. He tapped out. Georgia calls you. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Atlanta is dope. I mean,. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah man so I, it was at uh ceo mancini events which was cool and i was like yo you know she was talking about brunch and i was like you know let, you know we should start doing a brunch and,
1: and <laughs> i shot was, all those events
0: <laughs> just by just by just the conversation you know and the thing about it is like i never thought about how it was just the idea just came and i was mm-hmm. like i'll figure it out and i mm-hmm. figured it out take the leap on my community leaning on my network you know, um Michelle, uh, Toya, uh, uh, Shani Perez, Any Perez, Chantel
1: Chantel, look at these names like
0: you know what I'm saying? It. Um and Diane eventually, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we, yeah, came, Diane. we came together and we did that dope event and I'm like looking at I'm just envisioning uh, you have the pictures of all the people that are in the room and all I those people it. in the room what they're doing what they're doing today.
1: And they were already on their way. They oh, yeah. were on their way. Like the, yeah. the, the the train started leaving the station. Right, so, and like, the old
0: concept was that was my concept. You know, get these. You know, give each other flowers. Right now, do for everybody else to get yeah. flowers, yeah. and let's connect now mm-hmm. as we're growing. I agree. So we could like grow together. Yeah, so, the whole premise of the makers, man, yeah. and and but I, 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 you know, it was so you know anyway it's not about me it's go back to you brother like
1: <laughs> so so yes after documenting all that stuff and you know like i said i got to do your events got to do the influencer series I, my photography team did all those so major major moments in you know like new york black nightlife. you know black professional scene i pretty much documented everything i was the, i was the lead photographer for and you were
0: full-time doing photography full-time at that point and,
1: i was all in I was a photographer for Columbia uh, grad schools, for all all their stuff, the Black uh, Student Caucus. I was, Uh obviously I was still the photographer for NYU as well. So like every time there's a scene of black professionals or emerging professionals and creatives, I was always in that mix. Hmm. And and then along the way, a good friend of mine uh, referred me to a job at Hot 97. And I was like, I'm 97. I'm a professional. I'm like, I don't really do uh, parties and stuff. Mm -hmm. But she's like, yeah, my friend needs a photographer for a summer jam. And I was like, I've never been to summer jam, but I'm a huge hip-hop head, so I'm down. So that's where uh, I met uh, Frank Frank Miller. Okay. Frank Frank WMJ, thank you once again for the opportunity. Uh, He started my hip-hop photography career. Oh yeah. really? I, I
0: did not yeah. know you dived into hip hop photography. Oh, yeah.
1: I, ten, I shot hip hop photography for ten years. I have a ten oh, year wow. Time. Like literally, I have pictures of when Chris Brown had to come into events with his mom.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, like I have like Trey songs with his like oh, with his uncle. Like I have them when they're too young to even do what to even do what they're doing. So like wow. I have that much footage. So was that more lucrative? Mm, no, hip hop not at all. No, okay. because everyone's was like, look how cool I am. Oh, I mean, you, know, you should be happy to be in the room type stuff. Right. So, like, outside of the hot 97 money, you know, everything else was just like, and then like, of course you have to parlay things into new opportunities. So then I'd, I'd end up doing like, you know, album covers and stuff like that. But okay. there was never every real money, unless you're dealing with the labels, which I didn't go the label route. I was always dealing with indies. Hmm. So, uh, and, and then, but then Instagram and everything started getting really popular. And I think photography was starting to get watered down and very filter based. And uh, it became too much of a haggling with, with mm. people in terms of money yeah,
0: in terms of your rates and whatnot.
1: Yeah. 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 People always kept telling me they could do it easier. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, you know what? You can't say nothing about web design. So I just went all in on web. And then from, and then once I started going in on web, I met my partner who's my partner till this day on in business ventures, uh, Alexander Pitt. And we were both just hungry developers at that point, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, there's opportunities. And he was, I was shooting. I think I had the, I did Children of Promises website.
0: Okay. Oh wow, yeah. you did
1: that? Yeah, I did their website. I did well, my very first website that I did was a good friend of mine, Lyris Cross. Uh, oh yeah, He she was, she was the first person to give me an opportunity to to do a website. I was like, "What what kind of luck do you have when like a supermodel is your friend who needs a website?" Right. <laughs> you know, like, so that kind of got she's me. She's a sweetheart part. too. Very amazing. I've known Lyris for a long time. Right. So she's Amazing, and she's always been my my writer, and black women in general have been like the cornerstone of my operation at all times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they, that that without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at at all. Mm. So. Like Shannon Washington offered to manage me before. She's like, I love your work. Like, oh really? Yeah, Demetria, like Demetria Lucas. Like, I shot. She let me art direct her stuff. I did her book covers. I did her website. I did not notice. All thing creative for the for Demetria Lucas operation was done by me, pretty much. Like between me, Rayon Richards, and a couple others, but predominantly me when it came to like that stuff. Anything she needed flyers for every event. Like I was the tour photographer for her books. Like I was just committed to, you know, the Black Girl Dream and being a part of that and documenting that experience. And that's kind of like how I segued my career into the development side, where I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to take it to another direction. And, and you
0: still paying your rent and all that, doing what all you doing? times,
1: struggling sometimes because those net sixties <laughs> and those net nineties. And when my when my pills came, when my bills came in net net thirty, that wasn't really. Yeah, really- <laughs> chasing,
0: chasing down checks is yeah. is, is, a, is annoying uh, as hell as an yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah,
1: there was this one black business, a uh, rep- very reputable black uh, business. I don't want to bring up their name. I had to take those fools to court. And I'm like, but, you know, you looked at us like a pillar of our community, and you guys are really making me do backflips to get this money for right. right: It was horrible. And I, so, the, so then once that, once I committed to design, I really committed fully. And I just started, you know, doing a whole bunch of websites. Like, I remember at one point I did your website. I, just, I was doing everybody's websites, just trying to figure out. And then I'm like, okay, so I felt like websites was an it's a, it. I wanted to build a solution. So I met uh, now Mr. Taiwan Anthony and, you know, the wife, the husband of Shani Perez. And
0: did y'all link them up? Did you yes. link
1: them up? No, I didn't link them up. I met them. I met them together.
0: Oh God! Okay,
1: Danny okay, okay. introduced me to him, and he was just—he was on his grind. Okay, I, I liked the way he was thinking, and he was—he was big in the political scene in Brooklyn. So we kind of came together in terms of like coming up with a—we came up with a, a business called Big Business Improvement Group. Hmm. Okay. And Big was pretty much just a business that helped small businesses uh, get their political footing. Get their, get awareness out there. Just do a lot of the grassroots stuff that a lot of like mom and pops don't know about, right? And you know, I helped them with their web and their tech side. He helped them out with the uh, awareness and getting pol- pop politicians to know about you. You know, fundraisers, just just how to connect into the community more to you know get generate revenue. So and that that went really well. And I was like, that's when I got the small business bug. Like helping small business entrepreneurs. That's when that bug officially hit. And from mm-hmm. that point on, I just been locked into that to that to that lane for till this day. Where okay. where I just get to I just keep building out solutions for small businesses and entrepreneurs. And literally around that same time, my partner, you know, Alex, I think he was working with like uh, the corner store bodegas. And we're trying to get them to upgrade. Cause on my corner, I was noticing that more and more every time I got out the train, there was more white people coming out the train. Right. But my corner store was mad hood still. So I, <laughs> right. I started letting them know, like, yo, you're going to have to upgrade your chips, bro. You're going to have to start to cha- changing things. Right. right. Change
0: that menu. Change yeah. the different options. And you know.
1: they ended up doing it. They, they, they listened to us and they did it. And now I designed all their covers for their for their bodegas. I designed all their menus. I changed pretty much. Re-defined. Wow. If you go to Brooklyn right now and you see any black and white, you know, charcoal design, which is all they, do, they use now, that's our yeah. design. One, okay. When one or two of them saw that we did it, everybody switched their whole game from that point on. It was, you know, nice. and from, and then we started, uh, then I, I realized that you guys are all independent, independent of each other. If you guys came together as a group and bought as a group, your sales would be higher and your costs would be lower. So we created a, a bodega collective. Oh, wow. It's called taste of, taste, of, taste, of, taste of the city where we got okay. like, two, 300 bodegas together. And now we control their buying power. So now, as opposed to buying it for one place, you're buying it as 200 collective. Your price gets lower. Okay. So, and then we made our money in between. And then we started doing, you know, getting the TV screens. We started updating their their locations, making them more popular. So, and. and How do you get it? How do you connect with all these bodegas? walked in i'm a salesman first i walked oh,
0: in. oh that telemarketing and yes, came in. The,
1: yes i just walked in like there's nothing i say I, I don't believe i can't do anything so i'm just like just walk in and pitch it
0: so you back 300 bodegas into your collective wow
1: and then the crazy part about it is like we kept telling them to up. some of them wouldn't listen to us it was going kicking and screaming to do their updates for their locations and at some point in time my partner and i just felt like you know what if you don't want to do it then we'll just do one ourselves and show you why this is a much better approach and in the midst of that that's when the hospitality business first started and oh wow how, we, how did
0: that how did that create an hospitality because
1: we originally wanted to do a deli like a really updated gourmet deli and that was the idea oh. because most of the money in bodegas comes from the deli 80% of their money comes from the deli mm. all that other stuff that you see the toilet paper the sodas yeah that, that's not the money the money's at the deli. That's where all their money gets made. Mm,
2: did not so, know that. We're
1: like, so we're like, okay, scratch everything. And just make a better gourmet deli experience for people. And and the people will love it. They didn't want to do that. They were he and Horn, And we just like, we found a space. And we're like, you know what? Let's just do it. And in the midst of doing it, I had went to uh, Soho House. And I just saw that my a friend of mine was a Soho House member. And he told me how much he paid to be a member. Was it like, was like
0: $1, $1, 1700 probably back then? Yeah,
1: probably. yeah, And then my other friend was at another place near there, too, an art collective spot, too, a uh, brownstone. Uh, Jeff Dess was a member of an- at another location. So I'm noticing that these people are paying, like, thousands of dollars to be members. And then every time we'd go into these places, we're still spending hundreds of dollars. Right. I had never even seen that business model. Before. Right, right. <laughs> my, my mind started bugging. I was like, so let me get this straight. So you pay to be a member, and then I still come in here and I pay again?
0: Yeah, Every there's time? nothing free. You know, you still got to buy your drinks. and Yeah,
1: and they were and premium. Food. Everything was even more expensive. So I'm like, oh, we could do this better. So then that's when we came up with the concept of Room 24K, where we decided to make it a members-only group for Black uh, Blacks and, and Latinos and for people who just want fine dining. But now, as opposed to you being, you paying, being a member and still having to pay, we're like, okay, let's, let's turn it on its head. We made it uh, one flat price. You could pay quarterly. And now anytime you come into our locations, you get unlimited wine, champagne, three-course meal, and a meal to go. Like wow. Nobody's doing How
0: big was the space? Maybe.
1: The first oh. space was only 600 square feet. We still have it till this day. Okay. Uh, yeah, that started in 2020. Uh, 600 square feet. It was only 12, 10 people could dine in there. It was, it, was, it was a nook. But it took off. And when I say took off, it took off. People everything.
0: brought into the membership. People, idea. Loved
1: people loved it. You know, there was white glove service. It was literally you get the hot towel when we first started. Oh nice. Like we were doing everything, but it was for a, a set of people who were never exposed to that level of, of you know experience. So it's like giving up uh somebody in the cheap seats access to first class. You know, mm-hmm. they just appreciate it more. And then the word of mouth got out really, really fast. So then we had to open up our next location and then the next location then we came up with Lux Lux Hideout. And Lux Hideout was the one that has a secret entrance door and you go into the secret entrance library. It really? comes a whole spot inside there and then from there we opened up Dream and 24K Dream is a whole other concept where you come in so it seems like it's a dream themed inside the location and it's all members based and we just kept expanding from there. And uh, how much so,
0: members did you guys ultimately
1: Currently we have about 17,000. Paid paid 17,000. Yeah, how much
0: how much was your annual membership?
1: Oh, uh, cheap, two fifty a quarter. Oh, okay. It's yeah, so a thousand dollars a year, and then okay. your, your your pricing was based on how many people would come to your dinner, but it was always going to be three course meal, one meal to go, and unlimited wine and champagne. Nobody's going to beat that. Nobody's beat. Wow. It. So seventeen thousand. This- seventeen thousand. How many dollars. locations? As of right now, we have uh, Room24K, Lux Hideout, Dream, uh, BK Penthouse, Houston Penthouse, Jersey Penthouse, and we just opened 24K the Lounge. Uh, so,
0: Wow. How many people on your team?
1: Uh, team of four.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're definitely looking to hire and expand, and we want to take it to another level next year. I don't even want to get... I don't want to give up. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: This is dope stuff. You know, anticipation is, is part of yeah, the marketing but, thing, right?
1: Yeah. So, like, we because everywhere we go, people want us to add a location somewhere else. And the issues we're having is just like opening up. Like, we were supposed to open up in for 2024, we went to open up in DC and in Philly. Oh, really? Two markets where people have been begging us to open. Houston was another market, but we opened there. So,
0: so, I mean, you know, you know how people, You know, chasing down black people for money money. How were, you know, your your clientele in terms of making sure they pay their membership on a regular did you have to do anything extra to
1: nothing. Nothing. Like I think the I it's it's kinda like our beehive. They take pride in it.
2: Mm, You've never seen
1: something like this for for the for the market that we attacked, and they take a lot of pride in it. Even when people go onto our website or go into our Instagram. They start talking nonsense about why is it only black only or da 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 da. Oh, really? The group attacks for us. We don't have to say anything. Wow. 17,000
0: members, of course,
1: because they're gonna they're gonna ride and 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 out of that group protecting
0: their tribe.
1: Yeah, it's eighty five percent women. Wow. Like even if they'll buy a member, even if it's it's always member it's always women run. So like a woman is going to be the one that buys the membership for her husband or for her boyfriend. Mm. It's always a woman, woman driving. The,
0: what are their career fields? What, what kind of industries are they They range?
1: They have a wide range. Like okay. anything, anything, like when wow. I think it's just experiential, like we're capitalizing on the fact that people like experiences and uh-huh. the exposure and the fact that not everybody could come in here because our price point mm. is a little higher, but it's, but it's on par to catch into all the other places. We just give you more value we right. treat you like the king and queens that you really are. That's right. it. Yeah. Like, can you go to catch, you go to town? And they just they give you the hurry up and buy feel.
0: Yeah. They put you in the back in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: like, bro. Yeah. Know, location. You got to have
0: a certain look.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. you come in here, you own the spot. It's only you and your people who are in the spot. You control it. It's just the hostess and the and the chef. And the whole environment is fully controlled by you. It's just a When did
0: you guys start the um? The members-only business? Uh,
1: huh? t- literally the same time as COVID. COVID started in March. The business opened in March.
0: Uh, wow. And that did not hinder you guys' growth at that's all? Why made us,
1: that's why made us blow up. Oh, how? COVID blew us up because people were scared to go out. But now I could be in a controlled environment with just my people that I feel comfortable with. Mm. There it is. Done.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: No okay. brainer. So people still... Like in the midst of COVID, people are still having birthdays. They're still having anniversaries. They're still having all this True, true. And, you know, you, I mean, you you remember back then, it was like everyone had to have your bubble. You have to pick your tribe and this so you're going to ride. That's through.
0: true. Because you don't want to wear a mask. And, yeah, you don't you want to be
1: exposed to everybody else. So, like, now I have my bubble and I could go to a place of only the chef and the hostess that's masked and done oh, follow correct protocols. And I could have my birthday party. I could have my graduation event. I could have all my stuff. So, it became a major life event place. Oh, wow. You know, like, to... Un- to uh, release and unwind from a very bad you know experience during COVID. We, we, right we, we get time out
0: and this is all word of mouth in terms of you know marketing
2: and we started off
1: word of mouth and then we started doing facebook ads and then we went hard into influencer marketing we went really hard into influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. because but but then like everyone became our friends everyone wanted to do it for us at, at some point oh,
0: really really everyone wanted to be a part of that yeah, put out yeah a part they, of that they, brand they, because it was such yeah. You know, such a high-end experience.
1: Yeah, it was just such a great experience, and especially for our people. Like, no one had really been exposed to that. So, I, I, like, you've seen it done by white people. You've never seen it done by us. Right. And, and that, that, I think there's a certain feeling that goes with that for everybody. Right. They, they take a lot of pride in it. And, like, right. people travel. Like, people come from Florida. People come from L.A. And they take, it's a big deal to come to our to our local. Man,
0: I got to come, come to your joint, dude. Or you got to open right. up one in D.C.
1: Uh nah, we're twenty twenty four, man. We'll we'll be in DC. We'll be in okay. DC. So
0: during all this hustling and bustling, you got married. Yes. How did you find time to, to 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 first, you know, date? Because you were on your grind, and how how did that evolve into you know you being married, a father of two now? Who young? I, de-
1: I made a decision early on in my career that nothing's going to sidetrack my, my business. Hmm. So Every woman, I pretty anyway, that became my girlfriend, who is also my current wife. I met them along my path while I was working. I've never met a girl outside of me while I was at work.
2: Okay.
1: So, so I made it much easier being an event photographer. Oh yeah. Know, being you a, people, a social anyway. guy. You, yeah, you, yeah. I'm already outside.
0: And, so and you get, you you're a photographer. So women love to get their pictures taken. So.
1: So, so that that was the that was the easy part, and once I met her, like everything pretty much changed. Like the level of focus just has changed because I finally found someone who understood it, mm. you know. Like, because being an entrepreneur, the first generation entrepreneur, you're by yourself, you know. No, nobody's giving you the roadmap.
0: Oh you yeah, you got to figure it out you on your own. You
1: go back to go back to law. Go back to business. Go to you know go the traditional route. And I'm like, nah, that's that's not it. it so it. your wife
0: never tried to change you or try no. to deter you no. to, you know, no. she, get was, traditional. she was um,
1: she was Team Mac. She's like, well, you could do this, you got this, let's go. We oh,
0: really? Yeah. Is she Haitian as well?
1: No, no, no. She's American. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And she's from a very traditional home. She's from like civil servant workers and teachers. So she's from that very, you know, traditional mm-hmm. family. But she was just she was open. And okay. just, having somebody with that much belief in you just, just changes things for you. Mm. I just feel like okay finally somebody who understands what i'm going through out here and, right and she complimented me in the ways that i didn't know i need to be complimented
0: mm. and she didn't stress you out when you go home talking about no, no no
1: no, stress no stress at all the one thing she was surprised is like how many people knew me she's like <sighs> everyone, i was literally in Cuba with her and like a couple of people said hi to me and she's like everywhere we go really really everywhere i'm like back bro. I'm like, when you've been documenting black people for like 10 some odd years, you know, like you're going right. to see, you're, you're going to see. Clearly
0: she was securing her own skin and oh, she, yeah. she wasn't yeah. jealous, you know, no,
1: not at all. Not at all. But, you know, but I also told people when I was dating them, <laughs> that was, used to be my friend, I always tell people I already had a girlfriend and it was like, mm. hey, hey, I don't, I, you know, I'm not trying to be some side chick. I'm like my business, my business. Wow, is my business. And I always told women that from the very beginning. Because I was in the beginning of my entrepreneurial pursuits, so I knew I wasn't the where I needed to be yet. I didn't want to have a woman t- take away from that. I didn't want you to have any false pretense that I was something I wasn't. I'm like, right, priority is my. If you could fall in line along with that, it works. But if it doesn't, it doesn't because my business is my priority. Right.
0: Now. Wow. Now you married with two beautiful daughters. Oh my God. How's how's life? How's life? You know, you got like a, a blossoming business. Oh. You know, uh, two beautiful daughters. How do you manage? You know, time. You know, is 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 your business still your first first love?
1: No, no. Can't, <laughs> can't be. Done. When you know, I look at those girls, and I look at my wife. Like, you know, I'm in a house full of queens. You know, hmm. something like that. that's that's a feeling all inside. Are you guys
0: still in Brooklyn or?
1: No, I don't know. We're in Jersey. We needed a okay, backyard. Jersey. Okay, needed, you need some needed, space. Yeah, we needed backyards just in uh, time too, because COVID would have been oh crazy with little kids. Right. And uh, yeah, so I think being a father really completed the whole journey for me. Because uh-huh. having, a, having a wife, you know, like, now having the kids with it, it's just like, that was literally my only goal of, when I was a kid. I just wanted to have a happy family. You know? Mm. Like, so to check that, I, literally, I didn't even realize that I got that, I reached that goal until a couple years into my marriage. I was mm. like, wait a minute, the thing I always wanted as a kid.
0: Exactly, you manifested what? it.
1: I got right. It. Like right. I an amazing woman and an amazing family. Like this is this is the best.
0: Right. And a booming business.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, with the business, you know, I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur and I just I started building and build it is a platform for entrepreneurs such as that's yourself. another that's another another business you got going on. Uh, yeah, another. This one's been around for a while. It's I'm a trying to see how here.
0: much business you started uh, since <laughs> this oh, conversation. Oh
1: my goodness! I have. <laughs> we actually have a business card collection of ideas and things I had worked on. Uh, i have to piggyback on different sections to, to, to make the amalgamation of these ideas. Uh-huh. So nothing like like I said, it's not linear. It's a combination right. of different things that you have to put together to, to come to an idea. But you got to consistently go be going at it. Make the adjustments you need to make and keep going.
0: Okay. Good question. You're being a creative. I, I have a. I'm asking because I have this problem. You have so many different ideas, and you know, you see, you know, because business is solving problems. Yes. And when you see, you find a problem, be like, oh, I have an idea for that. How do you kind of like weed out which one to really go after? Because you know, you do too. You know, do too much things. You're gonna be spread. You know, thin.
1: too thin. What I do at this point is. That's what a journal's for.
0: Mm.
1: I put it in my put, journal.
0: Put in a journal, you know. Yeah. Put it, I put, it I
1: put it in the file, and at some point in time, if I need it, I'll pull it out if need be. If not, leave it there because you gotta get you gotta give things the opportunity to grow.
2: Mm. In the
1: beginning, as an entrepreneur, if you don't really have direction, I already knew I was in the creative space. I already knew I wanted to be in the photography, design, development space. Like those decisions were kind of like locked in. Now I wanted to see where I was going to fit in that niche. Mm. So I'm
2: just
1: Going along that and then with and then from there hospitality and small became into it because I was doing technology for hospitality businesses mm-hmm. and so and small business solutions around that. So, anytime I have any idea that's outside of those two major buckets, mm. I put them away. You I don't forget them about them. I write them, but I'm like I'm focusing on building these things out and getting right. ready my exits.
0: How often do you journal? Every day. Oh, really? Yeah. How many day. pages?
1: Half a page, yeah. full page? Mm-hmm. Whatever my mind tells me to write. Okay. I don't don't really put a number. How long you
0: been journaling?
1: Since my dad passed away. Oh, wow. I just wanted to document everything. First of all, at that point in time, I wasn't really speaking to anybody. So I didn't know how to... Mental health Mm. wasn't going to be a thing yet. So I just didn't know how to get out those feelings. And I was like, losing your best friend. It was Mm -hmm. just oh, shoot. Okay. Like, I got to... Like I like I was 26 when he passed away. Okay, I felt like I became an adult when he passed away. Wow. Do you, do know, you like,
0: have any siblings? Do you, you know, yeah, like, I have
1: uh, three siblings. Three. Okay. Three, three. Are you the youngest, oldest, or I'm, middle? I'm the eldest. Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, all sisters. So, oh, nice. I'm from an all girl everything. My my world's always been women. <laughs> so
0: right, and now you have two daughters. So. Yeah. Wow. Even okay. my
1: wife's family, like she has four sisters and her mom has four sisters.
0: Wow. And, and your business is 85% female.
1: 85% female. Almost all my clients from day one, 90% female. Wow. Almost every, so I can literally count on my hands who my male clients. I
2: can, right. I
1: can name them. Like I can name each one of them. Right. Like the people who have catapulted me has always been black women and that's been a running current in my life. So right. I mean, you gotta be aware of what's happening,
0: the consistencies and the overlaps, mm-hmm. and reinforce that. Question: Um, you know, you clearly done a lot of pivoting, so that means you, you know, there's a reason why you pivot. You know, yeah, you, you hit rock bottom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you kind of deal with, you know, hitting the bottom, and how did you, you know, get yourself back up and say, okay, let's let's pivot to do this. And how did you find the resources? You know, because rock right bottom, I mean, you dead broke.
1: <laughs> we're in America, man. Like, we're in America. You're never dead broke. Okay, like, it's humility first and foremost. You have to have humility. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like a good friend of mine, he owned a security company. Like a childhood friend of mine, and like when things aren't going well, I'm a six two black man. I could always do security for a couple for a couple of shows. <laughs> oh wow, you really? Like, have I, you done I'm security not... before? Yeah, I've done it. I did it for years. Right, I, not day in day out, but like whenever I needed it here and there, like two or three times there, two or three times there. Like I'm not above anything, cause, right? Because because the household that I grew up in, like no one cared about how you what what it took for you to you know put food in that fridge, the food hmm. was in that fridge. Like my dad was a parking attendant, my mom was a nurse. You know, like I learned like there was a stratosphere of what it takes for you to get things done, and humility will get you everywhere as long as hmm. you're persistent. So like the losses weren't really that bad to me. And there were there were a lot of them. There are and there's still a lot lots of them.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I don't look at them as losses. I look at them as lessons. Mm-hmm. So, like, and my job, my number one job in in all those in all those situations, is to get the lesson early. Mm-hmm. I need to learn from this now. I don't want the thing that makes me the maddest is when I repeat the same error. That gets mm-hmm. me, I'm fuming. That's when I'm mad. I'm not mad at the okay. This business venture didn't work out, or this partnership didn't work out. I'm mad that I allowed the exact same thing to happen twice. Like that's mm-hmm. me not paying attention.
0: Question, as an entrepreneur, you've done many things as an entrepreneur. What are, what do you think is the the, the things, entrepreneur, you know, the skill sets, that's what I'm trying to find, um, that entrepreneurs need to have to kind of keep going and, and be able to pick things back up and start all over again. What are the skill sets you know, and, and, and to become successful. What are the skill sets you think, you know, an entrepreneur needs to have?
1: There, there is no roadmap to success. First and foremost, there's no roadmap to it. But there are. There are some some there are some tea leaves you can look at, like mm-hmm. the tea leaves, I, I would say, is you have to be tenacious. Mm. You you have you have to be willing to be do every and anything like you don't stop. Until you reach the goal. Period. Mm. Like that like if you say, Oh, this didn't work out, therefore I'm not, you're not an entrepreneur. Because right. when it doesn't work when it's not working out, is when entrepreneurship kicks in. Because mm. now you have mm. to come up with a way. Mm. If it was a linear path, that's called a job. An entrepreneur mm. creates. Right. So create a way. Right. Like, it's that simple.
0: You know, you draw some jewels, right? He said, when it doesn't work out, that's when entrepreneurship kicks in. And that's so true because when you don't have, I mean, I'm thinking about, for me, it's like whenever I hit a roadblock and I'm like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with what I have. And I have to be creative and I have to think, dig down deep. And it's, it's usually around you, though. It's not
1: far yeah. off.
0: You got to just pay attention to, first of all, who you are, and look around your surroundings. What can you do to kind of keep things going until you get to that point where you want to get to?
1: And, and you're never alone. I think that's the problem with that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs have is we feel like we're alone in this and we're not. You're, you're 200 calls away from a yes mm. any, for anything you want. Okay, I need, uh, I need a venue. You're in New York City. There's thousands of venues. Get to calling. Someone's going to tell you yes for free. Mm. Do you want to make the calls? Mm. Can you handle the no? Look at that telemarketing,
0: you know, yeah. skill sets
1: that you Because at learned... the end of the day, my goal is my goal. I need a venue. I don't have the money. Call. Someone's going to say yes. Right. Yes, I promise you, someone's going to say yes. But can right. you handle 199 no's until you get that 200 yes? Because once wow. you have that 200th yes, you have a venue, you have your event. Right. Right. That's all I care about.
0: Right. So basically, you're saying there's always a yes around the corner. You just all gotta right. go and, and 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 chase it down.
1: Success is built on the house of no's. That's that's what it's built on. You have mm-hmm. that whole all those bricks of no's is what builds the successful house of yes. Mm-hmm. That it's not the yeses that built that house. It's all the no's that forged it. And you move mm-hmm. on to it. That's it. That's it. Like any anybody else who tells you anything differently is lying to you. Like
0: right. Right.
1: And they're doing you a disservice. It's, it's not easy. Right. At the end of the day, life isn't easy. It's not supposed to be easier. As an entrepreneur, life is hard. Your job is to make it easier. That's your mm-hmm. only job. Make right. it easier.
0: Okay. So I'm going to wind down. We've been chopping it up for a minute Uh before we go. What's your end game, bro? Like, you mm-hmm. seem to be not even... Hit the surface of the things that you oh, want yeah, to do. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, you started out your your hospitality business in twenty twenty, so that's reasonably new. What's your end game? What's you? You know, what's you? What's your work? Doing all this work for?
1: Mm. At first, it was for my family, but I think that that was I was a lie. That was one of those things you say because uh-huh. thing you say, but it's not true. Because my family doesn't want my entrepreneurial success; they want me. They want my time. Mm. So that's not what I'm doing. It for. They
0: want you around. They want you healthy. Yeah. They want you.
1: Yeah. They want they, but they want the full and complete and the happy me. And mm. the full and the complete and happy me is an entrepreneur and living in his creative passions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my end game, I don't think I truly have the end game because it things just morph. Mm.
2: Things just
1: constantly morph. So I want to be open and available to the opportunities that arise when they come to me. That's right. it. Right. Like there's no reason for it to end. When it ends, it ends right that has nothing to do with my entrepreneurship
0: right what kind of legacy you want to leave behind
1: I want to leave yeah. behind a legacy to let other black people know that we can do it we are we're from kings we're from queens and nobody could stop you once you look at it when you look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you're looking at a king when you look in that mirror and you look, look at yourself and you see are you looking at a queen act accordingly mm it uh-huh. anything you want is doable and then I know a lot of us have like to see somebody else did it for you to feel you could do it look at me I did Right. It. look at all the other countless entrepreneurs out there they did it when nobody believed them when nobody I have a
0: question them. A question about that you know you know how people once you know people don't believe right especially mm-hmm. our culture oh, yeah. until you see someone sees it being done yeah you know, you say, look at me, but some people may really try to copy exactly everything do. you do, and 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 at times, probably become a competitor. No. How
1: do you deal with that? I, t- I take it as a compliment. Wow. Because, because you can't be, the carbon copy can never be the original.
2: Mm.
1: And at the end of the day, there's
0: so different- it's not frustrating to you to like...
1: No, because at the end of the day, we're talking about billions and trillion dollar industries. Who am I to make the whole, like imagine, let's just say in the hospitality space, if I'm touching 1% of the hospitality space, that's billions already. What and if, if they're going after your clientele,
0: too? your target clientele? They're trying to post Once again, there's millions
1: of those. You might not just want to go to mine. Am I going to be mad that my same clientele are also members of Soho House? Mm-hmm. No, I could care less. Right. If they have the money and they want to go to that, go to that. And there's all new right. clientele that come all the time. So my current clientele might not be there for the lifespan of the business. I'll have mm. new clients. That's my job as an entrepreneur, as the business owner, to keep mustering business. Mm. Okay. Like, and I, I take it as a compliment. I always right. take it as a compliment. When you do the right. one-to-one of my thing, Even people have even piggybacked on the name of my brand. You know, that's really? right. It's kind, right. Of weak. it's kind of weak. But I see that it's coming from a place of hunger. Uh, mm. You know, they, they want more, and they just don't have the vision. They mm. see what? I was the inspiration for that roadmap. And okay, that venture might fail, but now they're on their pursuit. Go right. ahead. Go, go be great. Right. Okay. So your greatness is not gonna take away from my greatness whatsoever. Wow. I mean
0: and, and that's and that's a beautiful message that you have because you know we're a big community, but the people who are doing things are small.
1: Very small.
0: And sometimes, you know, you, you run into people, you know. Right. And, and you got to know how to move. You know, got to know how, you know, the right state of mind, the right, you know, energy, you know, to have to kind of deal with, you know, that, you know.
1: I think theft is a low vibration frequency anyway. Like anyone who's thinking theft and thinking stealing ideas and all that, that's a low vibrational. And right. I'm, in a I'm in a whole different vibe. Cause for every idea of mine that you take, I have 10 more.
0: You got that all that journal. You know, so I'm just like, gonna go open
1: up your journal bro like I'm okay I'll, I'll be right. okay and at this point in time like th- there's nothing that I know I could recreate again and again now now I know the right. form. Like, The things the ls that I took got me to the point that I'm like if it's time to go, it's time to go, I know exactly yeah, how to you know,
0: and that's the thing about it, like you said, you know you you know- you know you were the original like and what makes you the original is is actually doing the work because. Yes that work will give you the experience in, in you know in terms of the wisdom and how yeah. to move without making those you know young and mistakes
1: and, and they're going to go through those growing pains the people right. who carbon copied they don't know the details
0: right and, they, <laughs> and and just by watching somebody you know what I'm saying you can't copy you no everything clue. everything they no do and, and and be successful
1: you know what I'm saying? First of all, you can't watch them 24 hours a day. You don't know the behind the scenes of how, what it took to make that happen, how to lock in those contracts, right. how to lock in those those vendors, how to you know, make sure your chef works. Like There's just so many other intricacies, the day in, day out of businesses that, yes, you might get the overall, but the overall is not the details. And we, what they say about the details? The devil's in the details. Right, right.
0: Sorry. Man, listen, we've been talking, we could go on and on, dropping, talking about entrepreneurial life, talking about New York life, talking talk about, about these family babies, life, these talking families, about, man. you know, talking about being a girl dad, you know what I'm saying? To um, girl
1: dad for life.
0: Oh, man, I love I love my daughter. I, I'm like, I want you know, part of me wanted a son, but I'm like, I'm so content and happy that I have a daughter. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, she's just my princess and, you know, she's she's the battery in my back now. you know so yo bro how can you know you got a lot going on and it seem like you got some really dope things on the horizon how people how people could connect with you bro um
1: they could just hit me up on instagram Mackinton.
0: oh Mackinton?
1: yeah Mackinton on instagram uh dude yeah, i need to it. follow
0: you i don't know if i follow yeah. you on Instagram. yeah i don't
1: i don't really post much now i'm gonna start posting I feel you like have
0: it. like a business page and you know where people yeah with-
1: business i got too many business pages. how about for the 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 the, the, oh. the
0: members only okay. community members
1: only spot you can look up uh, room.24k okay or lux hideout in between okay. those two. but they all come back to the same network anyway so right 24k will get you started and you know and for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur who's interested in it you know follow build it b-y-l-d-i-t and we kind of walk you through all the necessary steps to get you build up.
0: it on instagram instagram yeah,
1: on instagram b-y-l-d-i-t
0: okay so,
1: yeah okay. That, that's for the uh, budding entrepreneurs out there
0: Yo, know bro man yo man i'm so yo listen you reached out to me you know after so many years i'm so glad you did man and just hearing where you are and all the things that you've done you know for yourself for the culture you know and professionally man it's inspiring bro oh, thank you, know, you brother thank you man. know continuous success you know personally with you know with the family and with the business because you know it, it's still it's, it's still grind you still gotta you know oh, stay gr- on top grind is dead in
1: 2023 brother no, we don't say grind we, oh, we don't, well, we don't okay. grind okay I, I like
0: that i like that
1: grinding is wearing you down what's wearing you down nothing's wearing you down bro
0: right we okay strive. we striving we strive we, strive. we elevate
1: okay yeah. i love that i love that.
0: state of mind starts from your mentals oh
1: yeah you know
0: what i'm saying like that power yes sir all right bro let me go this is right. been on the phone we've been on the phone we've been on this conversation for an hour and 15 minutes around that and I think, you know, you dropped some dope gems, and I love your oh, story. It was a story.
1: pleasure, brother. It was a pleasure. And like thank you for being on here, man. To get you up, and look at, look at how that happened.
0: Look man. at how we doing it. Yo, man, I got some things I'm working on, too. So now that I, you know, now that I know you around and you're in a good space, I might hit you up to help, yeah, to help
1: make it happen. Let's, let's collaborate, man. Collaboration over competition every day. Facts. All right, man. All right, brother.
0: I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.
1: what up what up what up thank you
0: for listening to another episode of Reverse Ambition I hope you enjoyed the conversation and got some inspiring nuggets before you go please remember to subscribe so you can be alerted when the next episode is dropped you don't want to miss out and remember it's never too late to leap to follow your dreams or your passion always leap back live your life with no regrets until next time My name is Kelsey Cooper, a.k.a. The Social Broker. Peace out.